Episode 129, Fractured Skulls, Black History Horror Month continues here on the podcast. It is Thursday, February 16th, 2023, if you can believe it. Terminator Travis alongside Monoxide. How have you been, my good man? I'm all right. It's Thursday. I have to take a belated Valentine's Day dinner with the wifey. That's why we're doing this on Thursday. 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 Well, we don't have much to discuss, so let's try to get something. Let's check it out. Check it out! Well, first things first, unfortunately, I, I, Bruce Willis, a great actor, has been diagnosed with dementia. Mm. I think we've all known for a while when Bruce Willis was releasing a lot of these like straight to red box movies and he was getting very limited screen time. It looked like it was clear something was up with Bruce Willis. But now it turns out the reason he was doing all these movies because he was getting paid like a couple million just, just, you know, being these little small films. Obviously, the guy has name value. Right. But uh, it turns out the reason Bruce did all these movies, even though they were, for the most part, they all pretty suck pretty much, was uh, really try to make as much money as he possibly can to try to help pay for this um, unfortunate disease that he has and just so he has enough money for his children to have. Yeah, dementia is no joke. It's one of those diseases that they're still trying to figure out how they can come up with a cure because there really isn't a cure for it at this no. point. Nope. There's ways to slow it down, but there's no way to cure it. So, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame because uh, it only gets worse from here. All the symptoms, it's just going to get worse until the person withers away at this point. So, um, it happened to a guy like Bruce Willis, who's like a very iconic actor. Known for the Die Hard series, obviously Pulp Fiction, big action star, so absolute shame. Yeah, he announced his retirement last year from the business, and now you know, hearing this, it's like, oh man, that you know, he knew that you know his health was going to unfortunately deteriorate, and just and now, unfortunately, it's come to this. Yep. Um, I hope for the best for him and his family. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Who knows what it's going to be like for the next couple of years or so. Yeah, because, I mean, with dementia, they're going to have to, someone's going to have to look after them 24-7. Uh, yeah, because now he's going to start forgetting people's names. He's going to forget faces. And keep in mind, I'm not saying this to be funny. This is this is No, legit. yeah, because no, my grandmother, uh, you know, has dementia. Uh, so does my grandfather. He literally has advanced dementia, like... He went to a doctor, and the only thing that he could ever say was his first name. He couldn't tell you what his kids' names were. Couldn't figure out the president. They they don't know their age. They don't know their age. They could be in their home for 40 to 50 years, and then all of a sudden forget they're in their home. Um, it's, It's very scary. It's very, very scary. I could just imagine having to suffer through that shit. Like, at that point, just put a bullet to my head. And then, 
They're going to forget to eat. They're going to forget to breathe. Yeah, they're going to forget to swallow food and they're eating. It's, yeah, it's, it's, unfortunately, that's what it is. That's what it does. It's a very fucked up disease. So, you know, best wishes to Bruce Willis and his family. And I wish them, you know, all the best. Mm -hmm. Well, we got an I Am Legend 2 sequel in the works. Bruce Willis, Bruce, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Willis. Will Smith is set to return alongside Michael B. Jordan, who I'm guessing is going to play his son, or I, I guess the, the son of the, the of that of the mother that survived at the end of the first film. I don't I don't know where he comes in. Maybe it's just going to be a whole new character. Could be. I don't know. I saw the movie like a long time ago, but it just was there a need for a sequel? No. So why are we getting one? Because they want to cash in on Michael B. Jordan. Don't they have Creed coming out? Yeah, Creed 3. It's, his, uh, it's coming out next month, I believe, in March. Yeah, so there you go. You don't need well, only I Am Legend. And I'm assuming it's got to be its own thing because it's not going to be based off of any book. So they could go wherever direction they want. I don't know. And it said they want the cinematography or the, the feel to be very similar to The Last of Us. Why? Because Last of Us is like super popular right now. Yeah, and it takes place in a post-apocalyptic uh, zombie world, similar yeah. to Walking Dead. So I guess they, they want the look to be similar to that. Even though in the first film, I Am Legend, it's, it is, I guess, the look of New York City. It is very similar to Last of Us. Basically, yeah. it's like it looks like, you know, the, the woods or the grass is taking its land back, in a way. If they can make money off it, so be it. But <laughs> I didn't think the movie needed a sequel. I don't think most of the movies that are coming out now need a sequel. You're telling me you're not excited for the next Indiana Jones? Oh, God, yo. I want to see freaking Harrison Ford at near 90 years old performing as Indiana Jones. That's basically all the big movies we're getting this year. It's just sequels to established uh, properties and and whatever remakes. What? Yay. Another Indiana Jones. We're getting another Scream sequel. Creed 3. More Marvel movies. The Flash. We need more Marvel. Have you seen the Flash trailer? I did not. I saw... Oh, what was the freaking trailer that I saw? They, well, they the, air like a piece of it during the Super Bowl. That, that wasn't the one with Michael Keaton, right? It is. Oh, uh, then I did see it. Yeah, The Flash No Way Home. Oh, God. Uh, looks like Warner's going to do their own multiverse <laughs> with The Flash. And from what I hear, Michael Keaton is supposed to be. Obviously, we saw Keaton. Uh, ben Affleck supposed to be in it. Uh, we saw Michael Shannon from the Man of Steel movie as Zod. He's in it. So Wonderful. Yeah, Warner really needs this film to work because <laughs> Black Adam sure as hell did it. Yeah, you could thank Dwayne. He he literally laid the people's elbow on that fucking franchise. <laughs> that franchise went rock bottom. Yeah, and they're still down there. <laughs> they're, they're so far down rock bottom, they're <laughs> talking <laughs> like this. <laughs> <laughs> And with Ezra Miller as the lead, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think it was bad. Mm-hmm. I will say it did feel good seeing Michael Keaton again. I'm Batman. <laughs> but Michael Keaton's getting up there in age too. Yeah, he. I mean, of course. I mean, God. Yeah, that was over 30 years ago when he did Tim, uh, Tim Burton's Batman. 
Yeah, it was thirty. It was yeah over thirty years ago since he last played Batman when Batman Returns. Unbelievable. That now we're thirty years later, and here we go again with Michael Keaton, who's pushing seventy. I hope they got the score to use some of the track for the original Batman. I guess whenever he pops on screen, played the little Danny Elfman score. I mean, maybe, but we'll, we'll like, wait and see because I, I'm not gonna lie, I am a bit superhero fatigued right now. Could be because a lot of the bad superhero stuff that we got with Phase Four Marvel and just kind of really soured my taste on the whole superhero genre, at least for the time being. Like, I'm still going to watch them, but I'm, like, nowhere near excited for them as I once was. You were excited for them? At one point. Like, when Daredevil first premiered on Netflix. Okay. I still think season one uh, is one of the greatest superhero pieces you could ever do with a show. I mean, the entire Daredevil Netflix series, I think, is fantastic. You don't need to watch any of the movies, any other properties to like that show or to even understand it. Right. So I, I really was excited for the superhero movies at one point. We're going back seven years ago. We were really, just really after Endgame, just felt like everything just kind of died down. I don't know what it is with the Marvel movies. Maybe everything, I just think they just need to go back to doing like street level heroes again. Just so we could like connect with them better. Yeah. Like, you know, someone like a Daredevil, like, I don't mind galactic stuff here and there. I would save that for the big stuff where they're like when it's time to fight a very big threat. Yeah. Because even with the new, we got the new Ant-Man movie coming out. Uh, it's going to get released tomorrow. I'm pretty sure they already have some screenings of it now. Like, uh, Quantum Mania, I believe it's supposed to take place in the, I guess, the microscopic world. So. I couldn't care less. Exactly, but it's like, well, it's it's only Ant Man. I mean, a lot of people. I like Paul Rudd. But I don't know. Yeah, but it's Paul Rudd's not enough to get me to wanna watch Ant Man. Like, literally, the only superhero movie I really give a shit about is Batman, and I guess that makes me fucking jaded. But I'm not into these superhero movies. Like, they can go fucking piss off at this point. It's too many of them. Yeah, it's a lot, and I, I, I sometimes wonder if James Gunn's DC plan is, is it too late? Has the ship sailed? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, but even as a Batman fan, you, you didn't really care to see Keaton and I guess whoever, whatever Batman cameos will get in the Flash. I mean, you probably won't watch it anyway, but. Not at 70 years old. <laughs> like, he's, he's had his peak as Batman. At this point, fucking, he should play Alfred. <laughs> or he could be yeah. older Bruce Wayne they could do the freaking Batman Beyond and, and who would play the new Batman Beyond thingy uh, who's going to play Terry Quinn uh, I don't know who's a hot teen actor out right now um, I don't know Frankie Muniz <laughs> uh, wait you said teen right I just want to make that <laughs> I don't know who's a hot teen actor out right now uh, okay. I'm just going by someone I, I used to know was a big teen guy. Frankie Muniz. Oh, I could have said Zac Efron. He ain't a teen. He's in his 30s. I, I get that, but Frankie oh, Muniz yeah, yeah, no, no. old. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I don't know. His name, it was the first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> this is how old we're getting. Fuck. We don't even know who's a teen star anymore. I don't know. Where, who's, who's hot right now Nickelodeon? I don't get them. 
who the fuck cares? Like, Nickelodeon hasn't been good since, like, 2006, I guess. That's because we're getting older. So, of course, it's not going to be as good. Well, a new story I got here. M. Night Shyamalan is signed a deal with Warner to make movies for Warner Brothers. He's got a film called Trap coming out sometime next year. Yay, Shyamalan. Yeah, Shyamalan, ding dong. I heard his last movie wasn't too bad, the one with Batista. Wait, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong actually made a good movie? Yeah, they said he actually made a pretty decent film with uh, Batista, Knock on the Cabin. They said Batista was fantastic. He's really he's really become his own as an actor. I, 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 I always like Big Dave. It's not Big Dave. It's freaking M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong over there. Like, because all of his movies, for whatever reason, it's a, what the twist? That's a very twist. Yeah, I'll try checking out whenever it drop, comes out. I don't, you know, when it leaves theaters, when it comes out on Netflix or some shit. I'm in no rush to see a Shyamalan movie at the moment. Yeah, I don't think I'm interested either. Oh, this oh. one, this one's on you again. <laughs> we get Ragdoll came out in 1999 as soon as I saw it in the opening titles full, full moon pictures presents I'm like oh fuck <laughs> these fucking assholes again Freaking Charles Van and it's ginger dead man yes these I mean obviously Charles Van I mentioned it him Trauma movies, Roger Corman, they're all kind of on the same level. They make this B-level films. Some better than others. Some are really fucking cheesy. And this film is really fucking cheesy. Apparently, at one point, Full Moon Pictures had a deal with Paramount Pictures to basically almost be like a their uh, sister company to make horror films for them. That mm-hmm. deal fell, and this film was supposed to be part of that deal, and that deal fell and ended up falling through. This film kind of was kept on the back burner for a while, and eventually they made it, and it got released in 1999. I don't know any names in this movie. Fuck Ragdoll. Why Why did you pick this one? Well, we needed a movie to represent Black History Month, and usually Black History Month for us is movies that have representation mostly with a African-American cast. And so I saw this, I'm like, okay, there's that. It's ragdoll. Figured, whatever. Not that long. Give it a shot. So, I mean, you said there's nobody in here familiar, which I guess is a good thing. Because then they, anybody famous could get their careers ruined. Like, you know how people go back in time to see tweets from 10 years ago that would ruin somebody? Oh, yeah. Possibly this movie would ruin somebody's career if somebody found out they were in it. Well, maybe. Well, for the quality. Quality, yeah, I guess. There's nothing offensive about it. It's just fucking quality is what you would expect with a movie entitled Ragdoll. Based on an idea from Charles Band, surprise, surprise. (laughs) Directed by some guy, written by some people, starring some actors. Yeah. I actually... Uh, fell asleep a few times during this film because it was so fucking boring. And I and when I once I woke up, I rewinded a scene. I realized, oh, I didn't fucking miss anything. <laughs> Good, just kept the movie. <laughs> Did you watch this today or yesterday? Or? Uh, yesterday. Okay. 
So I did finish the movie, finally. Even yeah. though it's not, a, it's not a long movie, but fuck, it just dragged. Right. Dragged. A, a basic uh, synopsis, a teenage rapper uses his grandmother, his grandmother, I believe, magic powers to help him in his revenge against those who put her in the hospital. Once I saw the setting, all right, okay, this takes place in New Orleans. There's a good chance there's going to be a, 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 a voodoo. Voodooism is going to be involved in this. Correct. And when do you know who won the pony? <laughs> and and here's the crazy thing. So I've been to New Orleans twice. And they, to be fair, these guys aren't the only ones to do this. But a lot of movies and a lot of interpretation get voodoo completely wrong. Like, voodoo is actually meant to bring prosperity and good nature to whoever you're possessing that voodoo doll to be. But most movies and most uh, novels will treat it as you're trying to do harm. Like, you stick a needle in the voodoo doll, it's going to actually hurt the person or whatever. It's not necessarily true. But I digress. What I found fascinating about this movie all centers around the very first scene of the film because it's literally just some headless ghost in this house in the 1940s chasing after somebody and then it goes to present day in the same house that hasn't been updated yeah the it's same really- house the same tree the same flower yeah. just they didn't change anything and and the crazy thing is is that all right this movie was made and released in 1999 you could have fooled me because this movie felt like it came out in the early 90s because i got the vibes of uh what's that stupid song they reminisce over they reminisce over you it's not a stupid song it's actually a really good song but that that's the vibe i got throughout the uh the movie but this is actually nearing the year 2000 so uh but yeah, this house never changed, both inside and out. We don't know the necessity of what was going on in that first scene. I guess we can presume. But it's never referenced again. It, there's no rhyme or reason as to why that scene was brought out, other than what we can, like I said, assume. But the film, like you said, it surrounds this young man... What was his name? Kwame? So, yeah. Yeah. He's a dude that stars in a rap group with three other people. And they always perform at this club. And it's a four-person crew. It's kind of like Hit Row. Three men and one girl. If you guys know what Hit Row is, you get bonus points. Yeah. So, yeah they're, they're, they're like a little local rap group. Yeah, and they perform at the club. They always kill it. One thing leads to another. You get... Um, they they perform well, and then they're in the locker room, and some guy wants to sign them, and they're like, oh, we'll get back to you. And then this mafia hitman with two guys, one who's like a flamboyant gay cowboy, and the other one is just a nameless, faceless dude that you could probably get for five bucks to play just some nameless faceless bodyguard yeah just stand there and be silent yeah exactly they threaten this rap group because they want their services for For yeah they um this local crime boss wants to hire them 
to basically do his dirty work. I guess, you know, help with drug deals and whatever nasty business that he's involved in. Whatever. Anyways. So, the leader of the group has too much pride. He doesn't want to get involved in that. And so, the, the grandmother basically tells him, why don't you just call the cops? And I guess... He can't call the cops because this mafia boss like has the yeah he, the he has power pocket. I guess yeah he may have some cops in his pocket so that's calling the cops may not be the best idea. So they go perform again, they, and this time this is what intrigued or, or intrigued me. So they they go up again, and this time they call out the mafia boss in front of everybody. And nothing happens. The guy just like whispers to one of his hitmen. They perform. And next thing you know, the grandmother has been beaten up badly. Severely. So Kwame is like super pissed. And the one thing that I forgot to mention is that the grandmother is into like all that voodoo, witchcraft, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and Kwame lives lives with her. So it's just him yeah. and his grandmother living in that house. and So now he wants revenge. So he conjures up the Shadow Man by doing a, a seance. And the Shadow Man appears, it's just a dude with a mustache. <laughs> it's just a random dude with a mustache. <laughs> so he said it. <laughs> well, what, what was he? A dude mustache. I rest my case. He wasn't a. So, yeah, he wasn't like a Grim Reaper looking guy. He was just some guy. Yeah. And so, getting back into point, he uh, asks, "What do you want?" Make a long story short, he says that I want the mafia boss and his two hitmen dead. And the guy said, "Well, I could do that, but what are you going to pay me?" And he's like, "I'll pay you whatever." So he has like some sort of weird knife. And he says that he needs to put it in a dead body. That, that's what he needed to do. And so he found a doll. I don't know if it was an actual rag doll, if it was like a shrunken head doll. But he put it in the doll and then the doll came alive. And so, uh, whatchamacallit? The doll all of a sudden comes alive and it's got razor sharp teeth and the guy said that don't worry your price will be paid by the doll and then he disappears and we never see the shadow man again. So all of a sudden they go to the club that they're at and then they sign this stupid contract for the mafia boss. And the mafia boss then uh, laughs and, and insults them. Meanwhile, the, the nameless, faceless guy is doing some cleaning. And then the doll just comes out of nowhere and just bites his face off. Killing him. Okay, whatever. Cool. Next thing we know, one of the hip-hop guys, one of the part of the, the quadruplets, whatever you want to call it, is going to the house of Kwame to go visit him. Meanwhile, the doll is haunting them and, and kills his friend. 
So Kwame and this girl, his girl in the group, are heading back home to get a bound chicka bow wow, I guess. And then they see the dead body. See the dead body, they freak out. Freak out! Anyways. So now Kwame's pissed. Kwame is like super pissed. So he goes to the hospital where his grandmother is because she's still in a coma. And that's where the flamboyant gay dude who's like in the cowboy stuff is there. And he's basically threatening to shoot both of them. Dog comes out of nowhere, kills that guy. Cool, whatever. Next, they're in the police station because now you got so many dead bodies being conjured up. It is what it is. All of a sudden, the girl, the girl, the group leaves the interrogation room. The doll comes out of nowhere, kills the second rapper of the group and the woman interrogating the whole rap group. So now, Kwong, he starts to figure out that the price that needs to be paid is that his friends have to die, too. So it all comes down to he has to break the promise. Something along the way, because he said that there's no deal if his grandmother is dead. Because that's what he said to the shadow man. So now the grandmother finds out that he conjured up the shadow man and now she's pissed at him. Whatever. The doll's now attacking everybody. The girl, Kwame, the grandmother, etc. And, and oh yeah, by the way, he tries to save the Mafia boss. He gets killed. And then it basically ends with them trying to stop this doll. But then the grandmother tricks them into thinking that the girl is being killed. But it's actually her being killed because she's trying to protect uh, Kwame, I guess. But basically what the grandmother did to save... A girl, the girl Tisha was that she basically switched spots with her, so Tisha yeah. is safe. But now the grandmother has to die. And that was basically the only way they could break this deal. Yeah, it's like trading then, trading a loved one for another. But the loved one that he said the deal is off because he said specifically the grandmother is off limits. So the deal is off. All right. So then they're singing him and the girl. Movie's over. And that's wow. Ragnall. That's Ragnall, ladies and gentlemen. This was not... Alright. There was a movie we did on here called Black Devil Doll from Hell. Which was super cheesy in and of itself. But... That was good cheese. I don't know. This had some cheesy moments. Like, like the, the gay cowboy I thought was hilarious. But everybody else was just like, okay, who cares about you guys? Do you the think guy the played... film tried to take itself too serious? Do I think it tried to take itself serious? I don't know. Because I'm reading here, the film was originally announced back in 92, but did not begin production until 99. Charles Band stated that the rumors that Paramount had shut down production of the film were untrue. He chose not to shoot the film as he felt it needed more time to develop. Wow. Well, I think needed more time. I, I say, I think you should just burn the whole thing. Yeah. That, I don't know. 
I don't know what they were thinking here. I think they I think they would have benefited more if they made it even more over the top cheesy. But then again, we did get an over the top cheesy type movie with freaking Ginger Dead Man. But that's Ginger Dead Man. That's not Ragdoll. <laughs> Obviously, with my tone <laughs> throughout this review, you already know my thoughts on this. I, I didn't hate it. No, I I would rather watch Death by Temptation again. Well, Death by Temptation, I don't think I hated either. Did I say I hated it? No. Yeah. Death by Temptation had. You said it was just a one-time viewing. Yeah. So was this. I uh yeah, unfortunately, uh, I wouldn't recommend this one. Uh yeah, it, it was one. It was just it was a movie. It's it it's was, full it's full moon full moon movies. It's this is the quality you get with their stuff. Yeah, pretty much. It was what it was. It I think it would have benefited more if had it been a little bit more cheesy, but cheesy in a way that it. It doesn't slam you in the face with it, but you know full-fledged that it's a cheesy movie. Yeah, I don't know what Paramount's original direction they probably wanted to go with this, but I just, from reading this, I could, it just seems like the relationship between Paramount and Charles Band had soured, I guess, just maybe di creative differences. You probably wanted to go one direction, they wanted to go another, and he says, you know what, this, this isn't worth it. I don't know. As I said, it was a movie. It's, it's, it's a movie. It didn't go long. Thank to God. Credit, to its credit, it didn't go very long. I really don't know what to say. I mean, what did you think of the doll? Uh, the doll was a little creepy. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't hate the look of the doll, but I still think the I think the best doll, I, I have to agree with you, was the doll from Tales in the Hood. I think I think it's an underrated doll with that movie. Well, there were multiple ones, but... Yeah, but I, I guess the doll design here was fine for what it was. It's definitely not Black Devil Doll from hell quality, but... Oh, no, it's not that, but... Yeah, it's... Again, it's... Whatever. If only the doll would have talked. Because this doll doesn't talk. It just, like, makes noises. Like... Yeah. Yeah, it's a doll. And it kills. And it, and it kills. Yeah. I don't know if it kills brain cells, but definitely killed mine. Oh, it kill hurt mine too. My brain cells and my freaking sleep. I guess thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs, thumbs down. It's it's on Tubi. If anyone wants to waste ninety minutes of their life. No, it's less than that. I mean, it's ninety minutes with commercials. Yeah, it's it's labeled as an hour and seventeen minutes, and that's with opening credits. You were very excited, weren't you? Oh yeah, I saw Ragdoll. I'm like, oh god, what is this? What, what, what are you trying to do, right. Steve? I will say this: this was much easier to digest than freaking Ginger Dead Man. I could see that. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Ginger Dead Man had so much potential, and I don't know, so much. But yeah, you know, as I, you know, I recently saw another film from Full Moon. I think it was called Attack of the Fifty Foot porn actress or some shit it, the film oh. was like an hour and it was terrible wait because the thing, the thing about charles band he hires a lot of at least uh, it seems like more recently he hires a lot of ex-porn actors or porn actors to try to for these films i guess they're super cheap to get and the acting is so bad 
It is so bad. Well, they're porn actors and actresses. Of course, it's not going to be quality. They're not... A lot of the porn movies that you watch are not known for its quality in acting. Yeah, I mean, this isn't. A, it wasn't a porn movie, but it had porn actors. But you know, if those are if those are the name, the leading actors of your film, that you were, you already know the quality you're gonna get. Exactly. That's without the nipples. Uh, unbelievable. I uh, I'm not even bother asking you your final thoughts. We basically gave our final thoughts. Skip Ragdoll. Yeah, or. Just watch it once, I guess. I don't know. You know, if you want to kill yourself. Yeah, it didn't make me want to kill myself. No. It made me wonder, like, how do you have a house that goes for 60 years without it looking any different? Yeah, I... <laughs> what the hell? I'm, what was the budget for this? If I could find one. Let me see. Oh, my God. I could imagine it was less than a few thousand. Nope, uh, no budget here. I don't know what the budget was. Let me see if IMDb tells me. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious. It's probably so small they didn't keep record of it. Storyline. Yeah, you're right. So small they didn't even keep record of it. Filmed in California. That's, that's where their uh, studio's at. I wish it was filmed in Canada. <laughs> that would have been great. Well, yeah. What uh, the, uh tells in a crit? Bradella blows from the Canada, and I think it was supposed to take place in New Orleans or something. A movie that took place in New Orleans, filmed mostly in California. It didn't look like New Orleans at all. No, because I've been there. Yeah, but then again, I mean, the film only took place in what a house, a club, backstage of the club when they're sitting at that round table. And whatever hospital room that was supposed to be. I was like, I ain't no fucking hospital. <laughs> yeah, they probably only had a limited number of areas to film. Yeah, because it looked like the hospital scene there, they just filmed it in some hallway and then they just went into some room and then that was it. Because yeah. that didn't look like any hospital I've ever seen. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, limited area of stuff that they could do. Yeah. I understand that, you know. I won't knock him for that, but... Yeah, but, you know, that's... That's the movie we got here. And that's Ragdoll. And I guess that's gonna do it for this episode. Happy <laughs> Valentine's Day, everyone. Yeah! Go watch this movie. Have fun. Yeah, try to have fun.